Hello, this is Robert Rickover at Body Learning. And today, today my guest is Aniko Ball, who is a dentist and Alexander Technique teacher in Melbourne, Australia. Uh, Aniko uh, works as an Alexander teacher primarily with dentists and other dental professionals. She founded Optimum Dental Posture to promote recovery and prevention of work-related injuries in the dental profession. And we're going to talk today about one aspect of her work with dentists, which is going into a practice for, I believe, typically a half a day and working with all the professionals and all the people who work in that practice. And we're going to talk a little bit about what it's like when Aniko shows up in your dental practice. Aniko, welcome to the show. Hello, Robert. I'm delighted to be talking with you, and thank you very much. Well, it's it's always a pleasure talking to you, and we've done that. We've had several interviews. So before we talk about your work with dentists, um, could you give our listeners a brief description or definition of the Alexander Technique? For me, the Alexander Technique is, is literally a user guide to how we move and hold postures in whatever we're doing, and for me especially in dentistry, given that there is a biomechanical design to the body and some movements are really against that design and leave us with injury and chronic pain, and also given that gravity is always a downward force on us. Mm-hmm. And maybe uh, just a little bit of the story of how you encountered the Alexander Technique and what kind of a difference it made to you. I had been a dentist for over 30 years, suffering chronic pain everywhere in my body from the time I had been a dental student, tried everything, every medical and physical therapeutic help and remedy over that time and it wasn't until I stumbled upon the Alexander Technique, luckily, and realized that I had been bending over patients in ways that were doing me a lot of harm, regardless of what anyone else tried to do to help me. And then I learned to change those and work with my design and I got well. And the Alexander Technique, its inner ergonomic principles really helped me and be well and continue to practice dentistry and eventually I decided to train as an Alexander teacher 1600 hours over four years in person not online in order to save my colleagues from suffering the way I used to because I, I was in so much pain and that is why I am doing the work I'm doing now. My mission, Robert, is to help dentists and dental professionals and their team all over the world. Right. And I know that you do longer courses, one, two-day courses uh, for for dental professionals. But one of the things you do, and this is what I really want to focus on today, is uh, a, a, a dental practice will invite you to come in, as I think you said, typically for a half a day, although you might come in with some other teachers, uh, Alexander teachers, if it's 
a larger practice and you might come in more than once. And I think it would be really interesting to know exactly what happens when you show up in a dental practice. Yes, I find that uh, many practices like to have their whole team training at the same time in their own practice rather than going to a, a training venue. And so prior to going to the practice, I ask for photographs of the practice and I speak to either the principal dentist or the practice manager. So I have an idea of the space because what I like to do, Robert, is first of all, gather everyone. And that means the dentist, the dental hygienist, oral health therapist, dental assistants, the receptionist, admin people, everyone who works in the practice and sit them down either in the waiting room area or a large staff room. And I like to start with a, an interactive seminar type presentation where I show um, slides or PowerPoint um, presentation and I take in various props, including a skeleton. And I teach people the basic inner ergonomic principles of the Alexander technique. Um, they learn, everybody learns where their important joints are, what those joints are designed for, so that they have an understanding that even though we can move in various ways because our body will allow us, it doesn't mean that we should and certainly not to hold such movement and posture patterns for any period. Right. And the difficulty, Robert, in dentistry is that we hold those postures for a long time. So we start off with that. Yes, and, and certainly the, the, the dental professionals who actually work with patients are in a much more, I would say, a more challenging environment than even office workers are, and that's challenging enough, that they're, in, they're having to twist their bodies in odd ways. They're often bending over a lot of the time, doing very precise work. So you, you, you start by bringing everyone together. And after you've given this uh, preliminary uh, presentation, what happens next? So then uh, usually the team is, is large enough for me to invite one or several of my Alexander colleagues who are already highly trained in understanding the dental environment and the challenges dentists face and they help me in optimum dental posture training programs. Mm -hmm. And then what we do is we divide up into groups so that um, the receptionist will be working around the reception and the teacher working with that group will actually look at what, what they usually do and finds that they are twisting as they hand over the um, electronic FBOS machine so that people can swipe their card and they're, and they're doing damage or they're holding the phone with their shoulders. So there's a lot of teaching going on, implementing into practice, practical application of what, the, what was learned in the gathering before when I was presenting. So they learn the principles of what they can do and can't do. And then it, there is a practical application at their workstation. Mm -hmm. Then another group, the dental assistants, will go off with a, another teacher and the assistants will show again what they usually do and they twist and bend and do terrible things to their body and all of them are in pain. 
And at this point, Robert, I should say that I always start off by asking for a show of hands as to who is experiencing um, chronic neck, back, shoulder, um, hip, whatever pain. And literally every hand goes up for just about every uh, location. And then, and so these these uh, nurses learn how to bend over a patient and assist the dentist in a way that uh, isn't harmful to their bodies. And often they need to learn to stand up and bend again in a way that's working with their design. And then I work typically with the dentists and hygienists, all the dental clinicians who are working with patients. And the first thing I do is ask them to show me what their favorite go-to position is. And everyone, even though they move a little bit, some hardly, but there is a favorite go-to position, which is a severe bend and a twist off to the right by a right-handed clinician. Mm-hmm. And, and then bending along the cervical spine, which is not designed for that movement. And of course, the spine isn't designed for a sideways twist and bend. Mm-hmm. And usually the... Um, left shoulder on a right-handed dentist or hygienist is always up in the air, elbow, and the hand is often up unsupported so that they're all experiencing chronic pain on their left side and, of course, back and neck. And so I I take photos on a large iPad and then I show, this is not to judge, just so that they actually know what their defaults are. Mm -hmm. Because unless they know, they can't actually watch for it and then change it. And everyone looks and, of course, everyone is doing much the same thing. And then I teach them how to organize themselves from the inside out and sit well. There is a way of sitting, of course, that I've learned only through the Alexander training. And Robert, I dearly wish that we learned all this in dental school, in the undergraduate training. Well, some uh, some of this, it would have been a good idea if we learned it in kindergarten. Of course, <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> but yeah. we once knew as as little children and toddlers. By the time we go to kindergarten, mm-hmm. we learn, we lose it, and so we should relearn it. We should I agree, a hundred percent, as early as possible. Yeah. But anyway, yes. ca- carry on. I just couldn't resist that interjection. Um, <laughs> well, it, it's always welcome whenever you um, uh, say and uh, give any make any comments. So thank you. And I agree with you. So I teach them this, what to do with their feet. Most of them are stepping on on a foot control that controls the drill. And of course, they're twisting their knee and they're doing all kinds of things that uh, causes pressure in the hip joint. So I teach all that. I teach them what to do with their shoulders and arms and how to release. And of course, in the initial presentation where I had the whole group together, I teach the very valuable skill from the Alexander training is the um, directional thinking or directing uh, yourself from the inside out so that you're not pulling into joints and and compressing your spine but going into length and functioning from there uh, before you even move so I teach all this and people experience it so myself and my colleagues um, Alexander teachers all give individual kinesthetic guidance 
to every team member as they are working in their typical workstation doing their usual type of work. And of course, this is simulated dentistry, so we don't have a real patient. I bring a mannequin with me, which is a, a head with, um, with teeth. So we do pretend dentistry with dental instruments. And then once everyone has had that opportunity, then I ask for the dental nurses to come into the room with the dentist. And then I, I and then we do work where I have the dentist on one side, then a colleague, Alexander teacher is, is standing behind a dental assistant on the other side of the patient chair with a mannequin. And then we do simulate the dental treatment with the dental assistant and the dentist working together because, and we guide each one, of course, kinesthetic guidance so that they are moving into optimal posture and movement patterns rather than the harmful patterns. We also teach the dental assistant and the, and the dentist or the uh, hygienist who work together to observe each other because we don't see ourselves. So they might think afterwards, oh yes, I'm doing exactly what Aniko was teaching. And of course they're bending off to the side, twisting shoulder up and they don't see it. So I train the dental assistant to know, to recognize and then alert the dentist when that is happening. And then that pattern can be interrupted Mm-hmm. and replaced with a more optimal pattern. And also for the dentist to notice when the dental assistant is doing the usual habit. So we train everyone, not only in observing themselves, but observing one another and then helping each other in, in habit change. And that's one of the tremendous value value um, of doing a team training that the team can help each other. For example, even in the tea breaks, if if one picks up the mobile phone and bends their body to the phone instead of using their wonderful hinge joint called the elbow and bringing the mobile phone to them, which is one of the uh, very harmful habits that everyone has, then I train them to remind each other to bring the phone to, to the head rather than take the head to the phone. And so they can support each other and mm-hmm. also, mm-hmm. it is a wonderful team-building opportunity when they spend time, um, typically a half day with me, where I'm addressing the whole team, and they also have an opportunity to share about what is difficult for them. For example, when I have the dentist and the dental assistant working together and everyone else watching in the uh, room, and I usually pick the largest dental surgery to do this, Often the dentist will say, well, I'm having difficulty when I'm working over here because the dental nurse is whatever she's doing or he's doing. And then the assistant will say, I can't, I don't know where to be and where to stand when the dentist is over here. So we problem solve. And that is a very productive experience for the whole practice. I can imagine that including everybody in the practice it is, as you said, a team building exercise because I think the Alexander, the inner ergonomics work that you do, which is based on, largely on Alexander, it really shows people that we're all in the same boat. You know, we all have physical bodies that are, we're asking to do some challenging things, and many of us are not doing them as well as. We could because we're not taking advantage of our actual structure and design. And that's true for everyone. 
Very much so. And this is something that I was surprised the first time. And now that I've, I've done a lot of team training, I see over and over again, is that it's only when everyone is together, especially the dental assistants and dentists who work together side by side, but don't get an opportunity to talk like this, they realize how difficult the other person's job is and, and that they are suffering and really focusing and they're not trying to be difficult because sometimes dental assistants have thought, oh, the dentist is taking up too much space in the mouth and being difficult. And they're just struggling to do what they need to do. So there is an improved teamwork afterwards. And also the nurses feel far more important because now they they are able to look after themselves and also be of value to the dentist in ways that they never um, expected to. Right. They are the number one person who can wake up the dentist to their harmful habits. Yeah. And I would think having... E- uh, the receptionists and people that that interact with patients in a, a non-dental capacity, uh, having them get this training also is sort of creating a, a kind of a, 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 a feeling, a, well, I'm, I'm trying to think of the right word, but a kind of an atmosphere of ease that yes. I'm sure that if you could do surveys of patients before and after you've done this training, that the patients themselves are going to pick up on a little bit of this, just because everyone's a little happier and using their their bodies more easily and are in less pain and discomfort. I'm sure that translates into a, an atmosphere that, makes makes people more comfortable and i suppose especially people who are a little uh, fearful of going to the dentist it takes away some of that you're very perceptive robert so first of all most patients are fearful and so it makes a difference when the whole team is at ease and i've had the feedback from practices afterwards that immediately the whole practice including the receptionist everyone just felt more more at ease more relaxed they felt more in charge and aware of what they could do for themselves and what they had been doing that was contributing to some pain and discomfort and they also function in a much more integrated way they feel more like a team And so it is very beneficial. I also look at how not only how people sit, but what they're sitting on. And often I recommend ways to adjust chairs, office chairs. And also I look at the dental equipment in the surgery and whether they could move something and how they could use it better. So I do an outer ergonomic assessment as well. Mm -hmm. As you and I have spoken before, Robert, I have distinguish the surgery layout, the equipment, the instruments, the dental chair and stool as the outer ergonomic equipment or Mm -hmm. outer ergonomics of a dental practice. And then what clinicians and any of the dental team do inside themselves is the inner ergonomics, directing yourself from the inside out. So I do an outer ergonomic assessment as well. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything else you want to say before we bring this conversation to a close? 
Yes, there is one more very important aspect of the team training, and that is I demonstrate to the whole group how to lie down on a yoga mat with support under the head and rest the body in what's called the active rest, where there's a decompression of the spine and lengthening of muscles and releasing joints. And this is something that is a learning from the Alexander technique. It's also called semi-supine or constructive rest. And after people have learned this, when I have a, a team and it, either a small team or a, a number of Alexander teacher colleagues will lie everyone down and give them that experience or I just do a demonstration and then give them notes on how to do it. And afterwards, Robert, most practices have yoga mats and people lie down in the middle of the day even briefly and certainly at the end of the day at home to look after themselves and they report an amazing improvement. Yeah, that's and that's something. It's interesting because uh, I think, like most Alexander Technique teachers, I highly recommend my students do some constructive rest. And sometimes I'll I'll often ask, uh, "Is that something you can do at work?" And most students will tell me, "No, um, there's no place I could do it. And even if there were, um, it, it would not go down well with you know the boss." But if you have a situation where that's just part of what they're all involved in, you could even have you could have some yoga mats lying around, some some books or head supports available to facilitate it, and it would just be something people would do, and it would be no big deal. Very much so. In fact, I need to tell you that just yesterday I received an email from a dentist who did training with me a year ago. And she said that she has um, been recommending it even to her patients, the active rest, and her practice is, is lying down every every lunchtime and the level of chronic pain that they were expressing prior to learning all this has um, reduced enormously. So a year down the line, they're still feeling the benefit and recommending this to everyone. Right, right. Well, let's end the conversation here. Uh, my guest has been Aniko Ball, uh, a dentist and an Alexander Technique teacher in Melbourne, Australia. And Aniko teaches uh, primarily dentists, and she offers uh, one, two-day-long workshops for dental professionals. And she also, as we've just discussed, does what I guess you could call in, an in-house um uh, visit where she'll visit a dental practice for a half a day or so and everyone gets gets some help uh, from her and or some other Alexander teachers who accompany her so if any of if you're if you're a dental professional and any of this intrigues you I'll put a link to her website by the interview and you can contact her and ask her questions and maybe arrange for her to come visit you uh, Aniko, thank you so much for this. Thank you very much. It's always a pleasure to talk with you, Robert.